Welcome to the Kinship Care Liverpool podcast. My name's David. As always, take you through the week of the best, the worst, and in-betweens of being a kinship care, a kinship kid, and everything in between. And this episode is going to be about, I suppose it's about neurodiversity is what it will be about, especially in regards to kinship kids. And it's it's something that a lot of people have asked me about um, in regards to you know, their kids and other kids as well. Uh, but it's always good to, to, to hear people having those comments as, as always as I've said uh, previously there is a survey going on uh, the link is on the, the podcast obviously anywhere you do it it's, it'll be on the Twitter and on the Instagram uh, please fill in the, the uh, survey if you've got time it takes about five minutes and it'll just give me more feedback on what's working what's not working what you want to see more of what you want to see less of and obviously that does always help in development of this of this podcast. Uh, now this, as I say, this episode is going to be about neurodiversity in, in kinship kids. Because it's one of those things that a lot of people have noticed, but not a lot of people have made any inf- any any strides in, is the, the, the amount of kinship kids, people in the kinship um, sector, whether it's whether your class is SGO, kids, you know, we're all kinship kids. Let's just face it. Yeah, you know, it would it'd be so much easier if that was just a blanket term. And hopefully, once we get this time to define thing uh, all sorted and hundred percent, we can just call everyone kinship kids and not have to worry about SGOs and looked after children, all of that other type of thing. Um, but it's surprising how many kids in kinship care have, and I don't want to say it in this way, but this is how it was worded to me, have things wrong with them. And when, when we talk about things wrong with them, it's more about how they are mentally, uh, not so much physically, although you know, when there's instances of abuse and neglect and things like that, it can obviously have you know, physical effects, but it's, main, it's mainly the mental aspect of it, you know, the neurodiversity of the kinship kids. You know, it's, it's, it's impossible now. You know, they, they say that almost 99.9% of people are on the spectrum to some extent. Now, I absolutely 100% believe that. Um, you know, when you, there's a reason why they call it the neurodiversity spectrum, you know, you know the, the, the autistic spectrum, is that you can be, just just because you you do certain things, you, you watch the same show every day, you, you have a certain pattern, you wake up at a certain time, you do certain things. You, when you actually look at, like the over the topness of like Sheldon in the Big Bang Theory, or I forget the kid's name, but there's a Netflix show called Atypical. Um, or if you watch things like The Undateables, where there's lots of people with autism and, and Asperger's syndrome, and you know, the rain, I mean, it's gone, be, you know, it's been going on for years, the kind of depiction of it. Um, you know, I am Sam, uh, Sam and I am Sam, the f- with Sean Penn. It's, you, 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 you see those little things where they have to have. I mean, one of the things, you know, if you're interested in neurodiversity, uh, the film I Am Sam is really, really good with that because one of the things it does notice is how you, there's, the, there's this, the, this lawyer who's trying to help uh, Sam, who is, I think it's Michelle Pfeiffer, and she has this very specific, um, very specific and very detailed coffee order that's very specific and it's very in, it's very similar to how Sam lives his life and he's essentially fully autistic um, but it's, it's almost the same and I do the same thing you know I you, you hear you, when you actually look at the spectrum you hear things like not look not maintaining eye contact avoiding social situations uh, liking certain routines you know I do a lot of these things I, I you know I 
I, I, I find it difficult in social situations and we all do. And as I say, that's why it's a spectrum. You have people who can manage it and they manage it well. You have people who just simply can't. Um, but when you come to kinship ki ki kids, ki you know, ki kinship kids in general, uh, it is surprising that there are so many children who have diagnoses of Asperger's, autism, ASD, ADHD. Um, that is not being done. There's no studies from what I can see. There's a few little bits and pieces here and there and it's mainly been looking at the like the trauma side of things but there's very few actual studies and I remember speaking to um one of the people from the, the main kinship charity and I actually asked you know, what I, I think it's in the actual podcast interview uh, I actually asked why why are there no studies about you know neurodiversity in kinship because it seems like you know if you go to any kinship uh, group any coffee more or anything like that and you just ask the 20 people there, 30 people, 40, whatever it is, how many of your children have got something neurodiverse wrong with them? And it's a good majority. It's a good, like, 90, you know, 70, 90% of them who they say about how, you know, they're very withdrawn. Um, you know, they have issues with speech. They have issues with, you know, managing their emotions. They don't know how to do things. Um, you know, a, yeah, there's a lot of uh, separation anxiety, which is the big one at the moment, uh, and especially with kinship kids. You know, there is a lot of studies in regards to separation anxiety with kinship kids because essentially that's what's happened. They've had their their whole life you know, turned upside down, and they are now living with someone who who isn't connected to them on a on, on a on a maternal level. You know, and although you 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 do you do try and um, fill that gap by being that parent and being that 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 guardian or whatever it would be your carer uh, it's hard especially when there's contact involved because you know we said this you know, so many times where it would be so much easier if the parent wasn't there the birth parent wasn't there because you could potentially lie to them you could say no i'm your parent and they would have until they apply for a passport or they do something more legal they may never ever find out uh, and it's obviously I've done an episode about what you tell them, and that's that's something you have to look at. Um, but with these children, you know, there are so many of them who do have things wrong, and I hate saying things wrong with them, or they're not neurotypical, as they say. Uh, but a lot of us aren't, and it's it is about getting that help. Uh, one of the things that I would always suggest, especially if you're in the Liverpool area, is to speak to Ypass if you're in, in Liverpool, I don't know if there are, I'm sure that there are other charities across the UK and across the world that does this, but they are a charity that does deal with young people and, and their mental health issues. And they're, they're very good, um, you know, they're they are a charity, they help with obviously health, mental health and emotional well-being. And it's one of those things that really does help because they are looking at it from the point of view of the children. Uh, they do things like uh, they'll come to the school and they'll have an hour out where they'll just talk to them and discuss what's going on. One of the things I will say, and it does become very complicated, is it, if you have more than one child, sometimes because of the lack of funding, the lack of services, if they only have one person who can cover an area, if you've got more than one child, they can't be looked at at the same time. And it does, you know, especially if you've got more than one child who has got potentially issues um 
you, you have to almost like take it in turns or wait until that person's been signed off and then go to the next one. It is very, it, it's very red tape and I'm sure there's, lo there's a lot of logical reasons behind it. But just to you make you aware, if you have got more than one child, it is going to be a long process because you're almost going to have to do it one after the other and maybe look at the worst case uh, first and then go from there. Uh, but one of the things they do do is they do look at, okay, how are they dealing with this, with the fact that they, they see this, this mom or this dad or whoever it is, and then they have a day or a night or whatever it is, and then have to come back. And it's, you know, snap them back to reality where they don't, where they, you know, it's, it's that horrible thing. I mean, I come from a family of, of divorce. I remember having contact with my, with my, with my dad and we, I'd sit there and I'd play Sega or I'd do whatever it was and then I'd have to come back and then it's back to doing chores and you know, making sure everything's ready and, you know, and, and I didn't get that on the other side and I, and I couldn't understand that would be the same thing um, but it is difficult when, when, you, when you think about the, this abandonment of the child because especially if it's a complete abandonment because a lot of children do have that where they have been abandoned completely um, and they don't understand why they think well is it me am i and the worst thing about that is is it does become a natural step in their lives where they think it's the parent that's looking after it are we going to abandon them and then later on in life they could potentially think with a partner with a with, with a girlfriend boyfriend whatever it would be uh, are they going to leave me as well and it does have a massive effect on these children um, and again i'm not i don't understand why when there is so much evidence, uh, you know, go, if you if you listen to this and you think, well, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's the case. Mine's 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 fine. Have an you go to your local your coffee morning or go to the any of the kinship uh, groups on on Facebook or online or wherever it is or through the kinship charity. Uh, they do a lot of those sort of groups that are you can speak to other parents and ask them. You know, have 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 any of your children got this? And I guarantee. The majority of them will say yes. They'll say that they have trouble in school. They can't handle their emotions. And a lot of it, you know, the, the worst thing about this is, is 20 years ago, we would have said, oh, these are just naughty children. Or they are just, so they're not applying themselves. Or they're just, they're being, you know, you know they're being quiet. You know, or, you know, they're being shy. You know, a lot of that is, is down to, is down to that neuro, new, neurodiversity issues that they have where they can't interact. They don't want to answer questions in school. They don't want to speak. Um, they don't want to interact. They have a close knit of friends, two or three friends. I mean, I, I, I look back on my life and I sit there and I go, you know, I used, I, I used to have a close knit of about five friends and that was it. I knew maybe a few other people around the school, but I, but I literally knew you know, people, like it was five, it was about five or six people who I would actually consider to be friends. And so there were days when I would go into a class and if that person wasn't there, I would almost shut down because I wouldn't know what to do. I'd have no one to talk to because I didn't interact with anyone. And you see that a lot with the children where they will latch on to a friend. You, you'll hear this a lot with the children where if you ask them a friend, they will have a specific, you know, you know my bestie and everything like that. But the issue with that is that once that bestie has a day off or goes on holiday or something like that, that person is almost, you know, they shut down. Um, which obviously if they move school it's, it's even worse uh, and it's about sort of dealing with these children and figuring out what, what are they um, what are they feeling and how's, how are we going to deal with this uh, and a lot of the times it is always about you know, 
speaking to you, you know, speaking to your GP, see if there's anything. You know, a lot of it, it is simple things where you could just say, look, if they've got like a squeeze toy or if they, you know, if they have preparation and things like that, then they can have a look at that. But sometimes it is something where they do need to be medicated if they are having problems sleeping, if they, if they are having anger issues, if they're, if they're being explosive with their anger, if they, or if they literally just can't control those emotions where it's got to the point where they are, they can go from being the happiest child in, in the room to the worst child or the saddest child, or they, they don't get, um, they don't understand a lot of emotions. Um, you, you hear a lot where they say, that they just don't understand. They don't know how to deal with themselves. And this is when you do need to get other people involved, say your GPs and that type of thing. Uh, one of the things I would always say is don't be, don't be afraid of a diagnosis. Uh, a diagnosis can sometimes be your bestest friend in the whole world. Because once you've got that diagnosis, it's like a shield. Yeah, I've said this before in things like the, like the, um, the, 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 education healthcare plan those things once you've got those shields in place it makes looking after the children so much easier because you can then and i don't want to say you can use that as an excuse it's not an excuse not at all but it is a reasoning as to why things are happening if you if you if you take them to replace and the music is bounced and then you know that that child's not going to deal with that you don't it's not a case of well i've got an excuse i've got i, I can just say well look you the child's autistic is not going to do this. Well, you can at least say, you know, this is the reason why this isn't going to happen. You know, they're not going to attend this, this event. They're not going to be able to do this. They're not going to be able to go on a boat for four hours because they won't cope with it. Um, they're not going to be able to cope with contact for long. And, and it does help, obviously, with the kinship care. If you actually sit there thinking to yourself, well, I don't think this mother who, or this birth parent or whoever it is, has will not be able to cope with his mood swings and you do find this a lot with contact and that this is one of the things that does uh, get to, to a lot of kinship carers as well is that they do go on contact and they're fine you know they're able to manage those experiences and manage those feelings and manage that anger and that outburst and everything else for that three four five hours that they are with that birth parent and then they'll come back and it's like it's like shaking a bottle for four hours and then just opening it and that's a lot that's that's a lot of emotions that they have to keep in and so as i say i i would definitely recommend uh speaking to white pass there's a lot of other charities in the area and a lot of other uh, help advice guides you know, your gp you know speak to people in kinship uh if you've got if you're part of a kinship coffee morning or part of a kinship group or uh, you know even if it's just something on facebook ask the question my 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 child's doing this is this normal and it's not a case of is this normal it's a case of a lot of times people will just ask that is this normal yeah my, my child's making these loud high-pitched squeak squealing and you can talk you know, you'll hear people say oh mine does that it's because of this and you do find these you know there's so much that you can do to help them whether it's squeeze toys whether it's you know lava lamps whether it's mood lighting whether it's particular music ours who has very very over emotional uh, he will listen to um 1940s band music which is bizarre when you hear him listen to Glenn Miller and everything like that there's great uh, people called um, it's the postmodern jukebox if you I can't remember the guy's name but it's called the postmodern jukebox and he will do songs like Taylor Swift or 
Harry Styles or whatever it would be, but in the style of a 1940s uh, ragtime blues. And it's really, really good. Uh, but at least we don't have to listen to Glenn Miller all the time. But it's, uh, but it's about finding those things to help. Uh, and I say, it would be lovely if, you know, if a lot of these uh, universities and studies and people like that would take, you know, every year uh, they, they put a thing up. I have, um, I've, I, I I, I, have a, I have a degree and I, I kind of want to do something like this. And every year, uh, I think it's Liverpool University, one of the other ones, will put up a thing to say, we're looking for the studies and people who might want to do things. And I always submit that I want to look at your, aut your autism and things like that in kinship kids. And unfortunately, they just, they never let us um, do it. And I don't know why there is. And I've asked for the feedback. And a lot of times they've just said, you know, there's not enough interest in it or there's not enough where you'd be able to. I, I personally think you'd probably be able to get hundreds, if not thousands of examples of it. And that's probably the reason why it's an important thing. Uh, hopefully one day someone will, will have a look at that. Um, but that's in regards to, I say, neurodiversity and everything else in regards to kinship kids. If you think that yours has got something, just speak to someone. See if someone can notice things that you may not, your know, GPs, your know, health assistants, whoever it would be, teachers. You know, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I just thought that they did that. And well, I thought they only did that on a weekend. Or they only did, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting when you, when you hear other people say, oh no, I did actually notice that, but I just thought it was. Or people will actually tell you, no, no, mine does that. And what I do to combat that is I do this. So it, it does help to talk about it. Um, and obviously it does always help to, to have that kind of information and free throwing of everything. So as always, if you're going to touch with us, easiest way is through our social media, through the Facebook, Instagram, uh, through the two versions of the Twitter. Um, lots of ways to get in touch with us. If you're listening to us through any of the, uh, the podcast levels, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Audible, whether it's Deezer, Spotify, whatever it would be, uh, please do rate, comment. Uh, we are on Audible at the moment, uh, and it's got a um, stars and things like that. You just listen to a few episodes, put a star up. You know, it always helps in regarding that. I think at the moment, I don't think there's any um, other than episodes, there's no kinship uh, podcasts at all, which is why I do like how unique this one is. Uh, but as always, bigger and better so there is a survey that's coming out at the moment as i say and please do fill it in take about five minutes few comments done and it always helps uh, making this show the best that it should be uh, so thank you much for listening my name is dave and you listen to the kinship care liverpool podcast <laughs>